This episode includes a guided meditation. If you are driving, please be mindful and do not listen to this meditation while you are doing so. Always make sure to listen when you are in a safe environment where you can be relaxed and comfortable. Thank you. Welcome to Ask, Learn, Heal, a podcast to support wellness through energy healing, crystal healing, self-care, and guided meditations. I'm your host, Mary Jo Feely. Welcome to Ask, Learn, Heal. I'm Mary Jo Feely. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the process of how do we cleanse and remove excess unwanted and chaotic energies from the crystals and gemstones that we work with for healing purposes. Now, I get asked this question a lot. So I think it's an opportunity for us to take a peek at it. And there are a number of ways that we can effectively work with to cleanse our gemstones and crystals. One of the things I want to, a couple things I want to mention right from the get-go is one, I'm not talking about physically cleaning a stone. Sometimes our stones do get dirty and they need to be cleaned. One of the easiest ways that I've found and a safe way is to take, um, one of these microfiber cloths that you might get for cleaning jewelry or eyeglasses because it's so fine and it's a nice way to gently be able to clean the stones. Another aspect of cleansing this excess, unneeded, unwanted energy from the stones, and another thing I want to mention is that this does not cleanse or clear a program that you may have placed within the stone. And perhaps I'll have another episode specifically related to how we can program crystals to be able to support a healing intention, but know that we are simply cleansing the energetics of the stones, not any programs or intentions that you've placed within that crystal. Gemstones and crystals can be cleansed individually, they can be cleansed as a group, and I'm going to offer a variety of ways that are very simple and easy to use to do so. One of the favorite ways that I like to cleanse gemstones and crystals is through working with the elements of nature. So we've got this beautiful sunshine that really is very vibrant and it is a wonderful way to clear stones. And so placing stones in the sun can be really effective. Keep in mind, however, that prolonged exposure to sunlight can fade some crystals, particularly, for example, amethyst, rose quartz, citrine. Those are three of the five members of the quartz family that can be impacted and fade over time. Celestite and fluorite are another couple examples. So this brings me to the point of reminding you that you want to know what stones you have, what are the properties of the stones, and another aspect that's important for you to be aware of is how hard is the stone. The Mohs hardness scale ranges stone hardness between 1 and 10. 1 being talc, 10 being diamond, and all the other gemstones and minerals are going to fall somewhere within that range. So keeping in mind that we have soft stones such as selenite, which is a 2 on the most hardness scale is very, very soft, and it is very likely going to be damaged with some of the ways that we can potentially cleanse stones. So keep that in mind. Also, another important 
piece to keep in mind when it comes to working with sunlight is that we have the potential for working with clear quartz and sun, and that can create a fire, depending on how those sun rays come into that stone and how they're focused by the the shape of the stone, it could be a fire. So definitely don't work with sunlight, direct sunlight in those cases. The flip side of the sunlight is moonlight. And that's a beautiful way to bring in this gentle energy of the moon into your gemstones and crystals for cleaning and or for clearing rather. It does not need to be a clear day and a clear night to be able to touch into both the sunlight and the moonlight for cleansing purposes. And when um, you are working outside with your stones, it could be that you're going to place them maybe in a dish or on a bowl or a plate. Maybe you're going to place them directly onto the ground. Again, being mindful of their hardness and their ability to tolerate um, some of the environmental factors that you might run into. Placing stones on a windowsill that catch the rays of the moon or the sun is another way to do so. Also, when we're thinking about the natural world, we have opportunities such as working with herbs and flowers. Uh, it could be that you have a flower garden and you want to collect flowers and then place the stones that you want to cleanse within a bowl of flowers or herbs, um, placing some of those plant products on top of the stones themselves so that the stones are essentially nestled in and blanketed in with and completely surrounded by the flowers or herbs is beautiful. Could be that you have an herb garden and you have collected some of those herbs and allowed them to dry and have kind of tied them in a bundle. Working with those herbs as a smudging process can be really helpful. And it could be that you have a wisdom tradition that you're associated with that uses other types of plant products. And so again, within your tradition and within your own um, backyard, so to speak, you can work with those plant products beautifully. Rice offers a really wonderful way to cleanse gemstones and crystals. And we do that simply by placing some rice in a bowl or a dish, putting your stone or stones on the rice and then covering those stones up with the rice and allowing them to sit for a while. You get to decide how long you want them to sit. Do you want them to sit a day? Do you want them to sit a week? Do you want them to sit a month? Um, I would say that use your inner guidance and your intuition as to how long you'd like those stones to rest. I typically will do so um, for a day or so. I will add, though, that if you are using rice, don't eat that rice. Just go ahead and compost it or discard it. Working with water is another natural element that we have available to us. Soft stones, such as selenite, azurite, celestite, turquoise, those probably should not be submerged in a lot of water. And so even um, I would say that if you're working with halite, which is a form of salt, obviously that we wouldn't want to put in water because that again would um, begin to dissolve and soften. So water is very effective. If you really want to bring water into the cleansing process, you can put your stones or your 
crystals into another container, perhaps another jar, it could be another bowl, and then place that little jar or the little bowl with your stones into another container that holds water, just making sure that the water does not go into the the jar or bowl holding the stones, perhaps even kind of covering it up, sealing it up with a lid could be a very effective way to work with water. I mentioned salt as halite as a healing gemstone because it is a crystal that can definitely be used for healing purposes. And it also could be that you want to use salt to cleanse your stones of all this kind of unwanted chaotic energy that they've collected and accumulated. When doing so, I like to work with either Himalayan salt or sea salt. It's fairly corrosive. So again, I would say use an indirect way of placing your stones within the salt. Perhaps you have a little um, jelly jar that's all that you're all done with. You can work with that jar and put the gemstones or crystals that you want to cleanse in the jar and then set the jar, nestle that into a bowl of salt. That can work really well. A final method that is very effective in cleansing and clearing stones that have been through a lot is physically burying your gemstone or crystal into the earth for a period of time. So I'm thinking particularly a stone that could be effective for this type of cleansing would be a stone that maybe you've worked with for personal growth, for personal healing, and it's been a companion of yours, and it's been through a lot with you, and now you want it to rest for a while. So burying it in the earth is great. My recommendation is to get a very small, like little terracotta pot. You can get those in a lot of little places, and then get some kind of a cloth. It could be a cloth bandana, a handkerchief. It could be a piece of silk, some kind of um, an organic kind of fabric and place your stone or stones within it, tie it up and set it inside that little pot and then bury the pot into the earth. You're going to want to have some kind of a little marking point so you know where that stone is. And if you don't, maybe you live in the urban area and you don't have access to your own yard or garden, see if you have a friend that can offer that. Or perhaps you simply go out, get a little bit larger um, flower pot, you get some potting soil, and you are going to nestle that on a patio or on a deck and let it sit that way. If you are living in a cold climate like I do, I'm in Minnesota, so we're fairly cold in the winter. If you want that particular buried crystal to stay out through the winter, you're going to want to bury it below the frost line. My sense is that you can have it in the ground for a week, a month, three months for a season, and that can be very effective. So just keep that in mind. Some of my suggestions are actually pretty practical. We certainly don't want any... uh, process or method that we use to cleanse our stones to actually hurt the stones or damage them if at all possible. So in just a minute I'm going to invite you to take part in a guided meditation and what you're going to be doing during this meditation is to actually be cleansing 
one or more of your stones. And you can either do that with the physical stone in your hand, or you can call forth the etheric, energetic aspect of that stone to be present during this meditation. And so if you are driving, you're going to want to pause this episode at this point and then just pick it up a little bit later when you're able to listen um, at a more appropriate time. So pause this video if you want to go and collect your stone and we will resume in just one moment. All right, so we're back and if you have a stone that you have physically collected or stones, then please hold those in one of your hands. It does not matter which hand. And I simply would invite you to bring your awareness to your heart space and bring your awareness to your breath. And simply draw in this universal life force energy that flows in and around and through you constantly. And visualize that healing light moving into your heart space. And hold your focus on this light as it gathers in your heart. begin to become aware of the stone that it or stone or stones that are resting in your hand or become aware of them energetically and now allow that beautiful healing light that healing gift within your heart to begin to move through your arms and down into your hands. As you hold your focus and intention on surrounding the stone that you are working with to cleanse, allow this universal energy to loosen the excess unwanted energies from the stone remove and cleanse your crystal. And as you do so, invite in the energy of sun and the energy of the moon so that you also are drawing in the sunlight and the moonlight to surround your stone, to cleanse it. And now call forth the blessing and cleansing energy of water and envision within your heart and within your mind and within your experience sensing into water washing over cleansing and helping 
and assisting your stone to reset its energies. And now see your stone being completely surrounded with beautiful flowers and herbs, calling forth the plants that mean the most to you, calling forth their gifts. now as your stone that you're holding either etherically or physically is being cleansed begin to actually notice more closely become aware more closely of the shift that has taken place within your stone How does it appear? How do you sense the shift as it has been cleansed? As it is reset energetically? to your heart space. Notice that this universal light, this healing vibration, this intention that you are holding continues to surround and cleanse your stone. back to your breath as we prepare to gently bring this meditation to a close we offer gratitude for all of the vital energy that's been moving through you that has taken form, the sunlight and moonlight and plant life of water. Deeply grateful for the way that this universal healing light moves through you and has cleansed and removed the unwanted and unneeded energies from your stone so that they are pristine and prepared and ready. for the next work that you invite them to do with you. And now take a final 
deep breath. And when you're ready, you may open your eyes. So this guided meditation has been offered as an opportunity for you to realize and to experience the simple yet profound way that we can call forth the energies that are needed in order to support the stones and crystals that we work with to help cleanse those unneeded energies and to help reset them so that they are ready to do the next work that we invite them to partner with us as we move through it. So we have sun and moon and we have water and we have ways to work with the plants and the herbs. This intentional calling forth of this higher healing energy. Uh, if you're an energy healer or a Reiki practitioner, perhaps you notice that you were calling that type of energy in. If you are a person of prayer, perhaps you notice that you were praying during this process. Uh, there are so many ways to bring forth the energies that will support the gemstones that we're working with to cleanse. And so it's important not to think that there is just one or two or three ways to do so. It could be that as you're doing this process, you notice that you're actually giving voice to some of the energies, and that's fine too. Sound is another way that you may notice that you're drawn to work with to help clear and cleanse those stones. So I'm hopeful that you have found this helpful. I'm hopeful that you are able to be able to move forward with a little bit more confidence and assuredness that you've got this when it comes to cleansing your crystals and stones. We don't have to overthink it. We do not need to make it overly complicated. There are a few practical things that we want to keep in mind. So those are the aspects of this process that I am hopeful I was able to offer for you today. Before I complete and end this episode, I do want to let you know how you can reach me. You can visit my website uh, and the links are below this episode, Fourth Dimension Healing. I have a crystal and energy healing practice in Stillwater, Minnesota, and I also have an online school, the Center for Crystal and Healing Studies. And actually, if you are feeling as if you are really sensing you'd like to learn more about how to work with gemstones and crystals, take a look at my online school because I do offer a variety of courses in crystal healing, in energy healing, and in Reiki. And I actually have a crystal healer certification program that combines energy healing and crystal healing to be able to really move through some beginning and advanced coursework. So I have a wide variety of courses that might be something you're interested in, whether you're new to this kind of healing process, or if you've been working with crystals for a while and you're ready to do some more advanced work, I am hopeful that I can help you out. So for now, reach out with questions, email me, send me a chat through my website. I'm more than happy to answer any questions you may have. For now, I simply wish you many blessings. Be well.